Welcome to the Baptizing Church, where the Word of God is preached undiluted. Our vision is to raise a generation of believers who influence things to the ends of the earth. Here is the Word of God. Listen and be blessed. Truly, truly, hallelujah is words. Our hearts are singing right now, oh God. We thank you, Father. We adore you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Thank you because you are the one who reigns in the affairs of men. The Bible says that you dwell in a place of unapproachable light. Whom no man had seen or can see. Of your own will, you have begotten us. And now we are yours, O oh God. Thank you, Father, for the qualification that now we are called your sons, having access to your throne, having access to your voice. You have not left us without comfort. For the spirit that you have sent into our heart dwells in our spirit. And it bears witness with us that we belong to you. Lord, we thank. We adore you, O God. Lord, I pray for everyone watching across the world. That your peace will rule and reign in their hearts in the name of Jesus. That in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this ravaging calamity, that your peace will reign and rule in the hearts of everyone in the name of Jesus. Thank you because we are coming through this process stronger and better than before. Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered, he was made to confront certain things that perhaps wouldn't come if he had not been subjected to suffering. We learn from the scriptures that Jesus went through all that we could ever go through today. He identified with us fully. He became man. And we remember his words as he prayed to him who could deliver him from death. If it is thy will, let this cup pass over me. But thank you, Lord, because eventually Christ yielded to the will of the Father. He didn't bypass the suffering. He didn't escape the suffering. He went through it and he obtained victory for us. Lord, we thank you. We adore you, O God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we are still standing, um, it would be nice if you can stand where you are or wherever you are watching us from to read this particular scripture. I want us to read 
Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start reading from verse 12. Um, I just want to leave something with us to think about, to meditate upon, even before we go into the word. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 12. The Bible says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Bible says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Bible says, and he is before all things. In him, all things consist. Bible says he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. That's a good place to stop. That in all things he may have preeminence. I just want to announce to you, I think it's something you know already. The world is not spinning out of control. The earth is not spinning as though there is no control or there is no oversight over the things that are going on. What the Bible says is that in Christ, all things consist. That is, in Christ, all things make sense. In Christ, all things find stability. In Christ, all things find their purpose. Why am I saying that? Let me ask you this morning. What if we are not supposed to really, really focus on COVID-19? What if the real focus is something that is beyond it? Now, suffering comes with those who have contracted this. But we know from scriptures that we are to look beyond suffering to find meaning. Meaning is all that there is. Bible says we've been rescued from the power of darkness. Bible says we've been rescued. Bible says the fear of death has been banished from our heart. Let me ask you, if fear of death does not exist in your heart, tell me, what can make you to be afraid? What can make you to be afraid? Hebrews 13, the Bible says, if Christ is for us, oh no, no, sorry, I need to actually read that place. Hebrews chapter 13. There is a comfort that the scripture brings to our hearts. When you pay attention to the scriptures, you are bound to find comfort. Hebrews 13 from verse 5. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
so we may boldly say, because of his promise, because of the comfort of the scriptures, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. You know, there are many theories, conspiracy theories around that this thing was manufactured in a lab or whatever. It does not matter the way it has come. The Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says, the Lord is your helper. The Lord is your helper. I hope that you believe that truly in your heart because that is where true comfort is. That is where true peace is. In the midst of all this, banished into our homes, restricted movement, restricted worship and all the things, I mean gatherings. But in all this, we can find peace if we dare to look into what God has said concerning us in the scriptures. That is just to welcome you to church this morning. Hallelujah. I believe um, the Lord, you are, you are feeling the presence of the Lord wherever you are. And I believe that you have been obeying all the directives that um, the government have been issuing out, especially the National Center for Disease Control. You see, the Bible says governments, they are agents of the Lord. So they are not working at cross purposes with God. They are working and doing the bidding of the Lord. So do what you are supposed to do. Follow the updates because you never can tell the Lord could have moved one of us to come up with a solution. And you want to be the first to hear about that. Hallelujah. God bless you. Um, before we go into the world this morning, I just want to, I mean, just to give us this piece of information that starting from tomorrow, Monday, I uh, will be praying and just studying the word for one hour every day until the end of this season. Bef until the end of this season, we will meet. But I will have made a slight adjustment to the time of our meeting. It's no longer going to be 5.30. Since we are not going anywhere, at least, well, except for a few people like Pastor Femi, who we have to go to work, but I've adjusted it to 6. So from the hour of 6 to 7, 6 a.m. to 7, we have a scripture, scriptural focus for the day, and then we'll spend time praying. Our prayers will be global in nature, because how do you want to pray this prayer? If you pray for yourself alone, somebody may just cross the border. <laughs> if you pray for yourself alone, the federal government, due to whatever reason, may just allow a plane to land from somewhere, maybe from Italy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I believe this season is calling us to focus on the words of Christ. Somebody asked him, he said, which is the greatest of the commandments? He said, ah, Christ said, uh, I mean, which is the greatest of the commandments? I think Christ was the one asking them. He's, and they said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul. And they will have ended there. Because that was what the scripture said. But Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom. In the kingdom, that scripture must be interpreted correctly. So he said, the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
as thyself, there is no other time than for us to fulfill that scripture. No other time. No other time. This is the time that we need to show the love of Christ. This is the time that we need to know that it is not only scriptural, it is supernatural for a believer to give out of what he has. You may have your seats. I presume some of you have been standing. <laughs> so you may sit now. Hallelujah. So it's, um, it's very important for us to do this. Let me share a testimony with us before we start this morning to encourage us to give. Minister Niyi is watching from home right now. He brought a young man to my office. And that young man happens to be the one who engaged us on Facebook. He said, I would like to give my life to Christ. Now, I thought when they were telling me the story that it was one of the scammers. Because the only way to attract church is to say you want to give your life to Christ. That's the point of engagement. You cannot say you've not seen that. And then he brought this young man to my office. And as I was talking with the young man, I said, why did you post that on our site, I mean, on, on our Facebook page? He said, a young man named Lizzie ministered to him when he was in Bronno State. He said, this Lizzie, we always preach the word of God, but beyond preaching the word of God, she was all also extending uh, um, giving of her resources towards him. And then at some point, he heard the news that Lizzie died in an accident. Lizzie was a Christian. Why was she was here or not? Of course, still a Christian. Believer transits. And the guy lost his peace. He began to look for opportunities to accept the Christ of Lizzie. It is supernatural to share what you have, especially this season. Evangelism is not only when you open your mouth or you put Bible in your armpit. It's part of it. But Lizzie, all Lizzie did was to preach Christ, but beyond that, to minister to the need of this young man. When Lizzie died in an accident, somebody will have looked at that death and said, wow, what a pity. What a pity. I, I, I don't think she ever got married. I think she was a young lady. But guess what? That death, look at what he's producing. He said he lost his peace. For you to know, I said, where do you live now? He said, I live with Jacob. I said, who is Jacob? He said, my friend. Why are you not living at home? He said, immediately I became a Christian. I mean, I could no, longer, could no longer live at home. He had to leave. I believe that we comfort someone. But beyond comforting your heart, I'm also encouraging you to share. If you have more than enough, look out. Pray to God to open your eyes. You will truly see the needs of people. Beyond that, God can minister to your heart who to call. Because it's not only about food. It's not only about money. Sometimes just a word of comfort will go a long way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't forget the announcement. Join me tomorrow morning from 6 to 7 as we pray this season. And the reason why we are praying is that I don't want anybody to lose their faith. <laughs>
this period, people have become, a lot of people have become evangelists. Evangelists. The only problem is that the gospel they are preaching is the gospel of COVID-19. We have been hammering and preaching that people should embrace the gospel and share it. But you see, COVID-19, people became natural evangelists. Can I tell you this morning, the same way this pandemic came upon us, came upon the world, and the whole world became gripped in the throes of this pandemic, and everybody naturally, because of the effect of the pandemic, became evangelists. That is the effect the gospel is supposed to have. Paul looked at certain men from taking 12 men into the house of Tyrannus, bringing them out when the Jews were giving them troubles, and he taught them for a space of two years. And the Bible says those 12 men, and of course, you know, other, they began to multiply. The Bible says they turned upside down Asia Minor. That is the sort of people we ought to be in this season. I've not started my message, but I think this is a good one to pass across to you at this time. You see, a lot of people do not really see what is going on. Um, I can't remember the day. Was it on Friday that Pastor Lee did that faith seminar? Was it on Friday? On Thursday. On Thursday, Pastor Lee did a seminar. And one thing that uh, came out strongly for me was when Pastor Dejikurumi, the pastor of the Lekki Church, TBC Lekki, mentioned the fact that what we have this season is called time capital. And it must be invested. It's a capital that has to be invested because COVID-19 is not going to be here for so long. There are books that you have been planning to, to write. This is the time to write it. There are books you have put in a folder. I'm speaking by the Spirit. You created a folder. You put some books there. Right then in January. And you say you're going to read these books this time, but you've never opened it. This is the time to open it. There are your, your kids, you notice some things that are going on in their lives, and it's like you know these influences perhaps are coming from school and all that. This is the time to correct what you have noticed. This time, even though pandemic and all that, is also a time that can be invested profitably that you begin to see in days to come, months to come, the fruits of the, the uh, ROI, return on investment for the way you have utilized this time. Hallelujah. I believe um, you've been blessed by that. This morning, I'm going to continue uh, the series we started last Sunday. I titled it The Voice of God. The Voice of of God. There is no other time because I was just thinking, shouldn't I change my message or the series to reflect what is really going on now? And as I began to meditate, it occurred to me that if people will receive this the way they are supposed to receive it, it can fit perfectly into what is going on. Because it's a great advantage, like I said last week, that God has given us access to, his, to himself and to his voice. That's the advantage. I quoted that scripture last week, that of what advantage is there for the Jews, he said, today, he said much in every way, because to them has been given or committed the oracles of God. That is, 
what separates them from the other people, from other countries, is because they have access to the voice of God. Now, what is the content of that voice? The content of the speakings of God or the voice of God has to do with happenings on the earth. It has to do with happenings on the earth. It has to do with the purpose of man. It has to do with the reason why God created the earth and why God put man in charge of the earth. So whoever has access to that information will rule on the earth. We rule on the earth. It doesn't matter their number. They will rule on the earth. Hallelujah. So this morning we continue. And um, I just want to say a few things before we start looking into this. Of course, we started looking into the scriptures. But just a little background to let us know. Think about it. The very first voice that echoed on the earth was the voice of God. At the opening of the age, in the beginning, the very first voice, not in heaven, on earth, was the voice of God. Was the voice of God. And the word, the word, the, 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 the voice says, light be, vegetation be, animals be, waters separate from the land, you know, and all it began to speak. His voice was the very first. And then eventually, God created man. When he created man, what we observed was that immediately, God began to communicate with the man he has created. His voice began to ring out to the man he has created, telling him of all the trees you can eat. But this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't touch it. That is not the subject of our discussion this morning. But what I'm pointing your attention to is that God began to communicate with man right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. He began to communicate and fellowship with man. Hallelujah. Now, what was the content of that communication? God was telling man how to be successful on the earth. God was telling man if he's going to perpetuate himself on the earth, if he's going to enjoy every day, day that he's going to spend on the earth. He was communicating the things he needed to do. Avoid this. Embrace this. He began to communicate to him. The point I'm trying to make is that the communication of God was not just about anything. It was about the purpose of man. Hallelujah. It was about the purpose of man. Now something happened. I told you, I said I'm giving you a little background. At some point, man violated that rule. When man violated that rule, God was still interested in speaking to man. But man could no longer bear the voice with the voice of God. Because when they heard God in the garden, the residue of the fellowship they used to have, have was still there. But it was now man that was running away from God. You know why? When God shows up to a man and communicates to that man, the first thing that happens is that you became, it's as if his voice expresses you. It reveals you the way you are. That's it. Because you may not understand, why did they have to run? They had committed treason. And so the voice of God is not just the way we speak to ourselves. What we call the voice of God is stronger and deeper than that. What when God speaks with man, what happens is that 
everything becomes open. The best description of what I'm talking about is found in Hebrews chapter 4, I think verse 13. He said, all things are open and naked before the eyes of whom we have to do. So when God speaks, that word is not just a mere communication. It x-rays man. You remember the word of, is it Jeremiah? Or is it Isaiah? He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among unclean people. Why do you think he said that? It was okay before. It was when the word, the voice of the Lord came to him that he realized his position. So that voice locates us. It reveals what is within. And the essence is to reposition us that we might find, we might find ourselves on the path of purpose. So I make bold to say that access to the voice of God without being, having access to the voice of God, it will be impossible to fulfill purpose on earth. It will be impossible. You can't just do it. Now, come to think about it. You won't even know what purpose is. You won't even know how to live. Without the Lord revealing who you are, like a manufacturer handing you the manual of how the product he had manufactured will function, you wouldn't even know the full functionalities of that particular product. The same way we wouldn't have known our purpose without God. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, he says, call to me. This is God being quoted here. He says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In other words, there are things you do not know. He said, call unto me. It's more like saying, fellowship with me. Converse with me. Communicate with me. If you maintain communication with me, I will reveal great and mighty things you couldn't have learned or you couldn't have known otherwise. I will reveal it to you. That's what Jeremiah was communicating. You know, right there in the Old Testament, God was calling people to himself. He was calling people to himself. He knew the plan of redemption was in the works. But he wanted man to be closer. So that at the revelation of Christ, they would be able to embrace him. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In fact, verse 2 of that scripture Jeremiah chapter 33 says, Jeremiah said, Thus says the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. I'm just trying to let you know that Jeremiah heard God clearly. Heard God clearly. Now the question is, when man sinned, what happened? I'm just taking us on a little journey. When man sinned, what we began to see is that God began, became selective with the way he communicates. And so he looked at the nations of the earth and he began to pick the patriarchs. So he picked the patriarchs, picked Abraham and spoke to him. Get out of your father's house. He began to speak. Now you thought, you might be thinking that Abraham just packed his bag and leave. When God speaks to you, remember, it's not a mere communication. 
Faith is birthed when God speaks. When you are able to hear God speak to you, you are not only hearing voices or perceiving what God is saying, faith is also battered. So with that word that from the Lord is also faith to perform whatever it is he has communicated to you. So he began to speak to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then from the patriarchs, he began to speak to the prophets. He began to speak to the prophets. Now, by now, some of you know where I'm going. Because the connecting scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers. The fathers there refers to the patriarchs. To the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Through whom also he made the world. So God spoke to our fathers through the prophet using different means. You know why? It has to be through different means because the man, man after the fall was still able to hear God one way or the other. But God had to devise different means. God had to use a man. God has a message for me. He will have to give it to, a, to Prophet Femi. You get what I'm talking about? God has a vision. God has a destiny for me. He wants to bless the earth. So what did he do? He called Abraham. And it was, it was Abraham who received the message that through you, the nations of the earth will be blessed. He could have communicated directly but guess what? He had to use someone. He had to use someone. Why? He couldn't communicate to everybody because they had fallen. Man's heart had become desperately wicked. But beyond the heart being wicked, the spirit of man died when he rebelled against God. The spirit of man died when we rebelled against God. That means man inherited corruption. The relationship between man and God became strained. Man could no longer look up to heaven and just communicate with him directly. He had to go through a means, talk to the prophet, talk to the, or go to a particular location. That's it. He had to go to a particular location. You must know in a particular location. In fact, if you are praying for wherever you are, maybe you have been taken captive somewhere else, you must face Jerusalem as you are praying. They were restricted that way. Why? Because Man had fallen. His spirit died. Now, the expression that the spirit of man died means that man could no longer relate or fellowship with God. Man was no longer one with God. Man could no longer relate with God like before. That is exactly what, what happened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All this continued until Christ showed up. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. When the Bible says God has spoken to us by his son. He was talking about the appearance of the son on the earth. The son showed up on the earth. And he began to tell us. I do not say what I have not heard the father. What I say are the things I heard the father. Say to me. 
The things I do are the things I've observed in the Father. I want you to follow me carefully this morning. The things I do are the things I've seen in the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in John chapter 16, verses 12 to 13, Jesus knew the day that he was going to leave the earth was approaching. So what Jesus began to communicate to his disciples, his communication or his message changed. He said, I've not told you, I've been telling you this from the, I've, I've we told this from you from the beginning, but now I am telling you. Now he began to tell them about one Holy Spirit. He began to tell them about the Spirit of God. He began to tell them that the communication or the conversation between man and God is about to change. He began to tell them, in fact, when he showed up, he was preaching a different kind of gospel. He was preaching, the Bible says, the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Let me stop here and just relate this a little bit to what is happening. A lot of us are preaching the gospel of the church. We have not been called to preach the gospel of the church. The gospel of the church may produce some results, but not on the earth. It will produce it within the church. The gospel of the kingdom is what is in conformity with the new covenant. And that new covenant emanated also from the voice of God to Abraham. Through you, the nations of the earth, not churches, the nations of the earth will be blessed. Do you know as we are seated here, just as we prayed on Friday, I know a group of people that are looking for how to build ventilators, Nigerians. That let us not wait. Ventilator seems to be the, is a major, major thing. It helps breathing, right? It helps people to cope and all that. Perhaps it will preserve a lot of lives. Guess what? Christians are already coming together. In fact, one of us in this place is the one leading the path. He said, let us start improvising. What does it take? Tube and something that pumps air and all that. And he said, let's improvise and begin to see. That is how to think in the kingdom. I said something on Friday. I said, when you see the kingdom playing out, because what is going on that you've seen around the world, it's not caused by God. But guess what? That's the kingdom in operation. That's the kingdom in operation. That the, every nation of the earth has been brought to its knees. That's the kingdom in operation. Do you know how to approach the kingdom? You approach the kingdom with repentance. Repentance doesn't mean you have sinned. Repentance means the old way, the way you used to think, can, will not allow you to participate effectively in the kingdom. So you must change the way you used to think and embrace and open up your heart through the help of the Spirit so that you can understand what exactly is happening on the nations of the earth. So when you see the kingdom playing out, the appropriate action is for you to begin to change, to begin to examine the way you think about things, to begin to examine the way you view church, to begin to examine the way you view charity, to begin to examine the way you, the, the, the way you build, the way you view the presence of the Holy Spirit within you. If you don't have this, if you don't change the way you think about all these things, reevaluate things, you may miss out 
on all the good things that are happening as a result of the emergence of the kingdom. I hope you understand that. So Jesus began to preach that, and he told them something very important I want us to read. John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13. John 16, 12 and 13. John 16. The Bible says, I still have many things to do what? To say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You can't undo that communication now. You, you, your current state cannot assimilate or profit from the things I have to say to you. So what is he saying? Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you what? So Jesus was with the disciples physically. So when he was with them physically, there was no need for them to be saying, let me hear the voice of God. Every day of their lives, they were hearing the voice of God. When they wake up, the moment they see Christ Jesus, that is God right there. And they could hear God directly. So that dynamics was about to change. Because Jesus was about to be taken, I mean, he was going to, going to die on the cross and taken away from them. And guess what? He told them, another spirit is going to come. He's exactly like me. When he comes, he said, he will guide you into all truths. He said, the way I'm speaking to you, that spirit also will be a speaking spirit. That spirit also will not be silent. That spirit also will be a speaking spirit. The same way I looked at Peter and I said, the devil wants to have you, but I have prayed for you. That's the same way the Holy Spirit will come to you and tell you, pray for this person. Pray for that other person. The same way I've looked at you and I've guided you and taught you, that is the same way this spirit will teach you and guide you into truth. In other words, their education, their development from the time that Jesus is taken away from them will be sustained by the Spirit of God. Will be sustained by the Spirit that they will receive. So this Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is a speaking Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is a speaking Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a speaking Spirit. Acts of the Apostles chapter 13 verse 2. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit did what? The Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit said. It's a speaking spirit. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Separate to me Barnabas and Paul for the work to, do, to, the work to which I have called them. The question is, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking, is willing to reveal how to handle the current issue. He is willing to reveal how to communicate in this season. He is willing to reveal to you how to utilize the time capital that God has provided for you through this pandemic. 
is talking and speaking to people. He's tearing the heart of people on how to improvise the things that we may not have or may be too expensive to cope with the pandemic. The Holy Spirit is speaking. When he speaks, he's speaking relevant things to us. We have access to the voice of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Spirit expressly says, it's a speaking spirit, that in later times, some will depart from the faith. Remember, Jesus said the Spirit will tell you things to come. So in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he was telling them things to come. He said in later times, he was projecting beyond this point. The same way the Holy Spirit can reveal to you the post-COVID-19 world. The same way the Holy Spirit can reveal to your heart clearly, clearly your assignment post within and after this current pandemic. I'm telling you, but guess what? If we don't seek him, if we don't love him, then he is Rodabu, good morning, Holy Spirit. He discovered a secret. Not a secret, it's been revealed in scriptures, but he realized that, ah, he is a person I can relate with. He's a person I can converse with. He has things to say about my life. He has things to say about my ministry. He has things to say about my current situation and condition. And guess what? Every morning, I will seek him. So he wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. It's a daily, daily walk. It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. Hallelujah. It's a daily walk. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will reveal the mind and the will of God to us. He said he won't speak of himself. He won't speak of himself. Let me give you the first major point I just, uh, I, I believe I'm making this morning. You see, revelation is the currency, so to speak, of the Spirit. Revelation. Coming to know. Let me ask the question. How do you know what you have not been taught? How do you walk in that which you have never been exposed to? The Bible says the Holy Spirit will reveal. Will reveal. You see, things come, some things come by experience. If I've lived on the earth enough, I have seen relationships. The ones that worked, the ones that didn't work. The ones that were just patching things along. I've seen things. So when I'm seated with someone, I have a wealth of information through experience to say something to whoever needs it. That is from experience. But this one is different. The only experience we can talk about here is the experience of engaging the spirit constantly. But the content of the communication of the spirit is coming as a revelation. He said, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you things. Folks, what I'm teaching this morning is not theory. I can sit down and, and examine my life. How have I been living it? Have I been basing all my decisions squarely on experience, things I picked up in books, things I learned from friends and families, things I've observed, maybe in the news, and all that? If that is the way you've been living your life, perhaps you are not a Christian. Perhaps you are not born again. I'm sorry to say. You know why? Because the heritage of the believer is that beyond experience, they have access to, an I mean, to, to the wisdom of God. 
they have access to the revelation that comes from God. In other words, they can come to know what they have not been taught. They can come to understand things that they didn't pick up from books. Because that is what he said the Holy Spirit would do. That is what he said the Holy Spirit would do. Would do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Daniel, even before Christ came, Daniel chapter 2 from verse, verse 19 says, so the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Now, it, it sounds so simple, but how can the king come up and he said, I had a dream, I'd forgotten the dream, but the dream, dream was so terrifying. All, he called all the magicians and everybody in the kingdom together. He said, tell me the interpretation of my dream. He said, no problem, Nebuchadnezzar. Can you tell us the dream? He said, no, I'm not telling you the dream. So I will tell you the dream and you start prophet lying. You start lying. Hallelujah. He said, go and find out the dream I dreamt and give me the interpretation. And then he said, if you don't do this, he got angry. He said, I'm going to kill you one by one. I'm going to kill you one by one. And the man came to Daniel. Daniel said, give me some time. And he looked and saw the face of the Lord. And in seeking the face of the Lord, he said, the Lord reveals secrets. He knows the thoughts and the heart of every man. Folks, we have access to something that is much more than, than you. You have access to things. The, the dream of King Nebuchadnezzar, the symbol of perhaps civilization and the world's superpower, what he dreamt in his bedchamber, in his room, was revealed to a man who knew how to see God, was revealed to a man who knew how to see God. Look at what Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says. He says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servant, the prophet. Now, we know at some point he spoke through prophet, but today, as we're going to see later, the Lord is speaking to every one of us. We all have access to the voice of God. We all have access to the voice of God. So can I rephrase this slightly? That surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals the secret to his servant, the saints. Hallelujah. To his servant, the saints. Folks, this is a huge responsibility. This is a huge responsibility. Because what comes to my mind constantly when I'm studying scriptures along these lines is that what have I done with this? What have I done with this understanding? What have I done with this truth that is in my heart? What have I done with it? Because if I have access and it comes by engagement, how much have I engaged God? Because for all you know, people watch CNN, Al Jazeera, and BBC and all this. We analyze the things that are going on there. Nobody, those things can never bring you to begin to ask except your heart had been filled with the knowledge of Christ in which case you know that you have access to the voice of God. Except for that, you will start, you will just be analyzing. You will analyze. Ah, US, it's now 111,000 people infected. That's where it's going to end. Say, wow, they said that, you see, expatriates, countries are beginning to come, to, to evacuate their own citizens from Nigeria. Eh, this thing is going to grow to 50,000. That is what will be on your lips. That is what you will be saying. But guess what? You that you are saying these things, you have access to the voice of God. 
you have access to the mind of God. You have access to the will of God. What is the will of God? That the nations of the earth be blessed. So what is that blessing right now? That blessing right now is that there are solutions to cope with the pandemic. That we are coming up with solutions. That we are coming up with products that help people who are, who are down with this, with, with this virus. That is what it means. That is what it means. But guess what? If we do not engage and fill our heart with these truths, we, may ne we will never come to that place of decision where we begin to provide solution, no matter how little. On Friday when we were praying, if you remember, I said the solution does not only have to be global. But think about it. Any solution you bring up, you come up with right now, that solution is global. <laughs> this thing is all over the world. Whatever solution you come up with that is tested, that is working in Nigeria, can be replicated somewhere else. Hallelujah. Whatever solution. But beyond that global solution, there is something you can do in your street. There is something you can do in your compound. There is something you can do in your community. There is something you can do in your, in your state. You can tweet to NCDC about certain things you have observed that will help with this situation. I'm just trying to provoke something within us this morning to let us know there is a lot of responsibilities that lie on our shoulders as a result of having access to the voice of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Spirit was promised and in Acts chapter 2, the Bible talks about the day of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost came down on the people, the Bible says about 120 of them in the upper room as they were praying. It came as a mighty rushing wind and it settled upon them like tongues of fire, rest upon each of them. But the first thing we observed in them was utterance. Bible says they began to speak a string, in a strange tongue. They began to speak in a strange tongue. The, when the Spirit came, the first thing we observed was that they began to speak strange tongues. Bible says they were praising God. Different people that gathered heard them in their own language, but they were speaking. That utterance was spirit-energized communication. But let's break it down. Does it not mean that now man now, uh, man now has access to the voice of God? Man now has access to the mind of God. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul was writing to the Corinthians, he said, speaking words that were taught by the Spirit. He said, what we, we, in this same word we speak, he said, not in words taught by human wisdom, but by words taught by the Spirit. Folks, the Spirit is our teacher and he teaches us certain things. There is a Profiting or benefits that must derive from our ability to engage with the Spirit. Paul was saying in the same First Corinthians chapter 2, he said, comparing spiritual things with the spirituals. Why? Because something happened within man. Something happened within man. Permit me to say that the very first thing God did when the Holy Spirit came to indwell man was to restore communication. Was to restore communication. Because, see, it is the will of God. Many are the plans in the man's heart, but it is the will of God that will prevail. That's what the scripture says. But guess what? It is the will of God that will prevail on the earth. 
But do you know the people that will perpetrate or execute the will of God on the earth? You and I. The saints. Now, the only way we'll be able to do that is for God to be able to direct us. For God to be able to, uh, to inform us. For God to be able to educate us. For God to be able to reveal his plans to us. For God to be able to download his thoughts and his plans and his will to us. That's the only way it will happen. That's the only way it will be possible. That's the only way. And so he restored that communication back. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible says the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. The Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says these are sons of God, verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of the adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father, the spirit himself. Verse 16, the spirit himself does what? Bears witness with our spirit. If you look at the two spirits, you will see the difference also in the way it is rendered. The first one is better rendered. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our own recreated human spirit that we are children of God. In other words, when the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, what happened is that the Spirit of man that was dead, man received a new spirit. His spirit was not refurbished. He received a new spirit. That new spirit he received had never existed before. That's why Paul was writing to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He said, therefore, if, any, eh? if anyone is in Christ, a new creature. Now, he was talking about a creature that someone that had never existed before. So, I'm just trying to let you know that we received a new spirit. We received a new spirit. Let me do a little illustration. Um, I have one more point. Well, I have. Okay. We'll just stop where we stop today. In communication, you have the source of the communication. You have the, it is encoded. What that source, whatever is coming from that source is encoded. That is, it can be in Chinese. I'll give you an example. It can be in Chinese. It can be in English. It can be in Arabic. There's a channel. That communication will pass through something. And then on the other hand, that communication has to be decoded. I want you to follow me. It has to be decoded. And then, when it is decoded, there is a receiver. That receiver can get access to the very first thing that was communicated. Why? Because he is, the receiver is able to decode. To decode, that is to interpret what was spoken. Are you following me? What I'm teaching you this morning is that the spirit of man that God recreated at salvation is the ability of God within man to understand the communication of God. It's the ability of God within man not only, to, not only to receive, but to decode. Not only to decode, but to be able to implement or execute the things that God has communicated. That is how important it is for you to pay attention to your spirit. Paul was writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, I will, what will I do? He said, I will pray with my spirit, I will also pray 
with my understanding. What he was referring to was speaking in tongues. In other words, he was saying, if I engage my spirit in conversing with the Lord, what happens is that I may be unprofitable. For instance, if I'm speaking in tongues, I don't know what I'm saying. But I know I'm communicating with God. I know I'm communicating with God. He said, you can go further by trusting God to give you the ability to interpret that which you are saying. It's possible. It's possible. But he said, if that is not happening, then I will pray with my spirit. I will also pray with my understanding. In other words, I will speak in tongues. I will also speak in, lang in the language that man can understand. That's the first thing I want you to know. The second thing I want you to know is that when you say God dwells in me, God dwells in me, God dwells in me, God dwells in me, you've got to hear me clearly, oh, so that you don't think I'm heretic in what I'm about to say next. When you say God dwells in me, what some people think is that God dwells in this body. That's what they think. They think what they are saying is God dwells in this body. If God dwells in this body, he wouldn't say that same spirit, that same power that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. If he's dwelling there already, what is there to quicken? God dwells in you by his spirit. He dwells in you by his spirit. I mean, by, sorry. God dwells in you in your spirit. That's what I'm saying. The, so where is God dwelling? He's dwelling in your spirit. You know why? He can't dwell in your body. When we talk about the body, that is true. Uh, your body is not perfect. He can't dwell in your emotions on your will because it's, it oscillates. Today you are doing this, tomorrow you are doing the other one. Okay? Today you do this, today, tomorrow you are doing the other one. He can't operate in your emotion. Your emotion is never stable. Sometimes you are happy, sometimes you are unhappy. So the only place, the only habitation suitable for God to dwell within man is the spirit of man. The only habitation that is perfect as the dwelling place for God in man is the spirit of man. Are you following me? It's the spirit of man. And I just want to give you some scriptures this morning. John chapter 3 verse 6, it said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is what? Spirit. If you look at it carefully, that which is born of the spirit, capital S, he was referring to the Holy Spirit. He said that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, that which is born by the spirit also possess characteristics as that of the spirit. Also possess certain image, the image of the spirit. In other words, there is no problem when it comes to communication. There is no, no, no problem, so to speak, when it comes to communication. If you are finding it difficult to know what the will of God is, to hear God, to say this hearing God, hearing the voice of God. How? 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 You've got to pay attention to your spirit. That is where the key is. You've got to pay attention to your spirit. Because between your spirit and the Holy Spirit, there is no distance. There is no distance. There is no hindrance. That spirit is born in true holiness, right? Righteousness of truth. It's born after God. It's born after God. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect. James chapter 1 verse 18. Bible says of his own will. He brought us forth. That is he gave back to us. By the word of truth. That we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. He brought us forth. I'm just trying to emphasize the fact that your spirit is new. Your spirit is new. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 22. 
The Bible said, the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He was closing his letter. He said, may the, the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. He knows that is where God dwells. He knows that is where the spirit is. If there is going to be any communication, it's going to be with your spirit. It's going to be with your spirit. Hallelujah. It's going to be with your spirit. Paul was writing to the Corinthians in his first letter, chapter 2 of the letter. He said, a natural man cannot receive the things of God. You know why? He said, those things can only be decoded through the spirit. He said, they are spiritually discerned. That's what it means. So the reason why you cannot really, this COVID-19 all over the place, what is really going on around the world and all that, and people's attention are drawn away from the word of God. They begin to analyze. They are getting statistics and all that. Don't, don't be among them. Don't be in the company of those people. What you have to pay attention to is the word. Why? Because you have access to the voice of God. The spirit of God dwells in your spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is what? One spirit. Is one spirit. You are connected to God. So, as people are saying all manner of things, what sort of man ought you to be? Pastor Dele advised us. He said we are, we are born after the order of Melchizedek. And the first thing we see about that order is intercession. Intercession is part of what you see within that order. Intercession means you are a priest and you recognize that you are a priest. You are a priest. You are a priest. What does that mean? It means that you are constantly offering intercession. What does that mean? It means you have access to the voice of God. It means you can communicate to God and you can hear him speak to you. It means you can, God can speak to you and you can speak back to God. That's what it means. That's what it means. But it's not only the end. Since it's the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek was called the king of Salem. Also called the king of righteousness. I know the king of Unicha. Or the king of Igebuland. Or the king of Abuja, if there's such a thing. But king of righteousness? King of righteousness? There is a rulership that this world does not know. There is a rulership, I mean, what Pastor Daly would call executive expression that is coming as a result of our access to the voice of God. That is, as we have received, so as we are praying, maybe praying in tongues, maybe praying in our understanding, when we leave the place of prayer, we know what we are supposed to do next. And that thing we are to do next, we begin to execute it on the face of the earth. We begin to execute it on the face of the earth. Are we close on this note, the life you have received of God, that life dwells in your spirit. The life you have received of God dwells in where? In your spirit. That life is called Zoe. The Bible translators. Because of the infinite nature of that life, they interpreted it as eternal life. Some people interpreted it as everlasting life. When you see it that way, it may not do much justice to it. When the Bible says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in Him shall not what? Perish, but have what? 
So what you receive in salvation is eternal life. You see that eternal life is away. It's life as God has it. It's life as God has it. It does not so much refer to the longevity or the length of that life. Much more, it refers to the quality of that life. There are endless possibilities in that life called away. Endless possibilities. Solutions to human problems. Solutions to things. Productivity. Things that will bless the nations of the earth. All these things are within the life called Zoe that exists in our spirit. That exists in our spirit. Folks, you contact God. You hear God through your spirit. It has been recreated. It's born after God. Thank God I'm not talking about something outside of you. Thank God I'm not talking about something that somebody else possesses that you need to contact. I am talking about that which exists within you. So every man watching me right now, you can truly say, if indeed I am saved, it means according to scriptures that my, my spirit has been recreated. And that spirit possesses the life of God. That spirit can communicate with God. That spirit can relate with God. That spirit can re receive from God. Lord, I open up myself to begin to receive solutions to myriads of problems I see around me. Lord, I open up my spirit to receive direct communication on what to do this season. Lord, I open up myself to receive from you how I'm to conduct my affairs this season. That begins, that must be the prayer that we pray at this time. Can you pray that prayer with me? Can we just rise to our feet? Wherever you are, I just want you to pray that prayer. You see, we are not just praying in vain. Bible shows us clearly that the spirit that we have received is a speaking spirit. The spirit God is willing to speak to us. God is willing to speak to us. God has been speaking from the beginning of time. He is speaking relevant things to the way we live. He is speaking to our purpose. He is speaking to our lives. He is speaking solutions. He is speaking the things that we ought to be engaged with at this time. Can you open up yourself up? Can you pray that prayer this morning with me? Pray that prayer with me. Pray that prayer with me. Pray that prayer with me. Our world is in need of solution. Our world is in need of people who can hear clearly from God. Our world is in need of direction. Our world is in need of leadership. Things are failing. Governments are failing all around the world. But we have access. We have access. We have access to the will of God. We have access to the voice of God. We have access. We have access. All the things you observe, they are outside. COVID-19, something drops on the surface, hangs in the air for some hours, and all these things are outside. But you see, your spirit is your inner being. Inner being. It's a culture of habitation. That that which is within. Your spirit has been recreated. Born after God. It can receive from God. The question this morning is. 
How much have you received of him? What are you receiving from him? This is kingdom talk. When it is church talk, then you can be churchy in the kind of communication you receive. But you see, when it's the kingdom, you are receiving solutions to the problems of men. You are receiving solutions to the problems of men. You are seeing clearly what Nigeria ought to do. You are seeing clearly what America ought to do. You are seeing clearly the solution that will stem the tide that men face. I want thanksgiving to rise. I want thanks and praise to rise from your heart to God this morning. As you praise him, as you worship him, you have been blessed beyond measure. You've been blessed beyond measure. You've been blessed beyond measure. You've been blessed beyond measure. He made his spirit to find habitation in you. He first prepared the place, took care of you through the death of Christ. That your spirit might get recreated. Born after himself. So that he can dwell within you. Now he dwells in you. Don't look down on yourself. Why are you afraid? In you dwells the living God. Who created the universe. Why are you afraid? Of the things going on around you. When in you dwells. The God of the universe. Don't ever forget. Grace. And peace will multiply according to the knowledge of Christ. That the grace will multiply. That you will walk in the realities of these things. That this truth will come alive in your hearts. It's a function of you embracing what you have heard. It's a function of that. We give you thanks, Father. We adore your name, O God. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting right now. I pray that your peace will dwell with them. I pray for every home that is not settled because it's like a torment that we all have been made to observe self, to self-isolate. That Lord, use this period to be, bring peace to that union in the name of Jesus. I pray for every one of you. You are safe and secured in the hands of God in the name of Jesus. And I pray that fear will not rule your heart. But faith will find strong root. We take root in your heart. And you will face each day with boldness. By the help of the spirit that dwells on your inner man. We give you thanks, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been tremendously blessed. You can worship with us at Baptizing Church, Excel Center, Abuja, Plot 989, Olusha Way, Opposite Advanced Link Filling Station, Central Business District, Abuja, Nigeria, or call 090-8006-6773. You can send an email to info at tbcabuja.org. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m., and on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TBC Abuja 
on Facebook at The Baptizing Church, TBC. God bless you as you come. Oh.